Welcome to the What in the Script podcast, a bi-monthly podcast in which we discuss various forms of media and whatever tickles our fancy in our varied pl- uh, analyses of said media. Uh, I guess we'll introduce ourselves. My name is Maddie. I'm Tony. I'm Ben. And I'm Shy. Alright, uh, <laughs> well, let's just get going here. We looked at a Christmas story this month, and... This is a hard one to actually talk about because there's not a lot going on in the movie. It's kind of ridiculous how cut and dry it is. Like the themes are there, the uh, like the emotions are there, the symbolism is not existent. Like there's there's nothing about this movie that we can sit there and interpret. But what it is good fuel for is nostalgia. So we're going to sit here and talk about our nostalgia with this movie, if we have it, and some stories we have, especially about the holidays, that maybe stick out in people's minds. I'll go, I guess, this movie during the holidays was on literally all the time. Just just 24-7. I don't have memories of many other things being on during the holidays. Um, except for, like, Jingle All the Way, the Santa Claus movies, and... Like, the ABC Family Christmas holiday movie stuff. The holiday fugue. Yeah, the... (laughs) The, your parents are tired of being parents, ergo, they're gonna sit you in front of a television and watch movies all day. (laughs) I personally enjoyed it very much. I've rewatched some of those movies nowadays, and I realized that... They're not very good. (laughs) And if they are good, they're not good Christmas movies. Like, um... Like, the Santa Claus is about a really deadbeat guy (laughs) getting the chance of a lifetime. And I, I... I could not find myself getting into that movie. Is that is that the one where he like knocks Santa off the roof? He, he kills he kills Santa. He kills Santa. Santa. Kills Santa. <laughs> and then becomes Santa. And then he becomes Santa because of the Santa clause, which is a pun. Like a on fucking a social contract. Yeah. Like a fucking old medieval fucking heritage system. Yep, you killed me, so yeah. now you have attained my title. Which. I think the funniest part of that movie is it means that someone else, like, that had to happen. Somebody else killed Santa Claus at some point, mm-hmm. and they had to put... Because there's no way this was the first time, because they made a clause. To make sure that they always had a Santa. Like, at some point, they were like, oh my god, oh my god, we don't have a Santa. Oh my god, what do we do? <laughs> After Saint Nick died, it was like... Or St. Nicholas died. It was like, oh shit. Who's gonna give presents to all of the good Christian boys and girls? And then it turned into a... Funny not just a Christian. A, where Tim Allen kills out his fantasy and becomes a good father. Something that <laughs> the real Tim Allen was unable to do in real life before his tragic death oh. at the age of 36. <laughs> 
But the Christmas story, contrary-wise, is a lot more charm than that film, which is very begrudging and reminds me of Elf in its cynicism at its worst point. It's not that... Okay, my brain thought of... I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop. You can keep going. Other you can keep going. You know, because like Elf, Elf because No, like, I mean it's topical. No, no, because like Elf sense. and Santa Claus are both they're not that bad or sad movies intrinsically, but the idea is that they fundamentally come to a clashing of like mythical conceptualizations of Christmas versus a more corporate divorced stepdad style thing. Um but the Christmas story, contrary wise, is very much rooted on this idea of heavy-hearted, drug-induced nostalgia. The idea of a layering of just concepts and stories with high points rather than any specific narrative, which is interesting in a way. Like, I, I really don't want to say it's like a, an anti-montage, but it maybe a hyper-specified montage-esque. Montage-esque almost. Like, it's all high points. And the low points aren't low because they're bad as much as they are because nothing besides like vaguely interconnected plot points that exist of of course to fuel the remnants of the film that it needs to get to. I'm really I'm really tired. Actually, I mean, I sort of get that in the sense that it's like there's a lot of plot beats that just kind of happen. And we step, we like, we, you know, we, we stay on them. We linger on some of those. But otherwise, they're just sort of there. And it's kind of weird. I didn't really... I didn't finish the movie. <laughs> but does the lamp, other than getting smashed by the, by the mom, ever come up again? No. That was the end of its livelihood, which is sort of the point. You gotta remember the framing devices. This is uh, an older Ralphie talking about this one. In the past. Yeah. Like, from his present, this entire movie takes in the past. So, to him, the lamp really didn't matter other than it was a point. This is said in the movie. It it was a point of contention for years in the family Mm -hmm. of what happened to the lamp that day. Which means that there were a bunch of, like, off-handed moments and fights about it but it didn't happen during this christmas it was an on-off thing for years to come but honestly the lamp was just a reason for the mom and the dad to fight about nothing important yeah a pseudo fight fight without really fighting it's like a fight but nothing happens that makes you overly uncomfortable it's like a point of joke because it's it's his sexy lamp, and she yeah. smashed it because she thought it was distasteful, probably. Yeah, it, it, she found it ugly as sin, and it is an ugly It is ugly. terrible. It is. It's funny, <laughs> but it's also just... It's such a God, you, you wouldn't want it in your home. I know they made the novelty lamp and sold the novelty lamp, but God, God, why did they do that? Yeah, and he wasn't, like... He didn't hold it in regards because it was like a sex symbol. He wasn't like replacing it. He earned it. It was his his prize. prize. He won it. It's a status symbol. It's a status symbol to him. That's right. It's like weirdly enough, it's got nothing to do with sex. Like, in fact, this movie never really touches on any of those like classic tropes where it's like the man finds his wife unattractive and like some sexy heart comes no out. they like definitely love each other yeah like love each other just actually very very <laughs> sweet 
Like, they've been married for so long that, like, they know how the other is. It's like Bob's Burgers if it was set in the 1960s. Yeah. Yeah, if, you know what? It really does feel like Bob's Burgers, right? Like, down to the really weird kids, like... They're just like that, we don't know why. Yeah. It's kind of weird. <laughs> Parents don't hate the, each other. It's kind of like, oh, that's wacky George, our mm-hmm. husband type deal. Pretty neat. I feel like it's I've, appropriate... I've heard the dad's name. His name's Old Man or something. His name is George. I think it, I think it actually is George. Wikipedia just says he's the old man. I think it's a name. It, I think it's appropriate as well that there's George. not really any of those types of tropes. Because it's through the eyes of a nine-year-old. A nine-year-old's n- n- not really going to notice that kind of stuff, I feel. At least I didn't well, I mean, they'll pick up on it, but, like, it may not stick. Hmm? Yeah, I mean, I don't... I, I think it's because he doesn't really come from an abusive household, right? Like, they're not even, like, hit in this movie. They get soap in the mouth, yeah. yeah but that's, like... like point. But, like, there's a really dark comedic joke where oh yeah ralphie like says the grand king f word like the the holy grail (laughs) holy hand grenade he let it loose (laughs) and he says he blurts out that he learned it from shorts which actually was his father but you know he's never gonna tell on his father right and it's also he's not sure that like his mom would actually believe him, I think. I don't think you wouldn't not believe him. I think it's just like, you don't tell on your dad. It's just not something like, that's a nine-year-old thing. Like, your dad is like a god to you, especially if you're like a boy, right? It's, mm-hmm. He's... Yeah. Of course you're The father-son bond. You can do no wrong. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. But anyways, uh, Mrs. Schwartz... <laughs> Uh, here's the, uh, the, the, that Ralph heard the word, or said the word, and she goes, oh, God, no. And then (laughs) she finds out that he said it was from her son, and she goes, in the most shrill voice to this day I have ever heard, she goes, what? What? And then starts wailing on her son in the back. And he's like, Ma, what I do? What I do, Ma? I didn't do nothing. Ralph's mother yeah. yeah, she looks horrified. Yeah. Like, like somehow she's gonna breeze through the phone and hit her. Like, and and it just, I I think that that's the point. Is like these kids have, aren't hit. They're not abused. They just come from a you know slightly dysfunctional family. They're just, they're just, Which I mean, like whose family's like perfect, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mom's probably gonna have a mental breakdown, and Dad. You know, blood pressure is gonna have them cause a heart attack, but you know. But they love each and, other at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, they They're really gonna... do. They'll take care of each other. Um, you know, it's not like they actively despise each other. They want to. Yeah. So I think even more so, it's like this is an abused kid, right? So it's not like they're gonna look back on these situations and be like upset about them. This is where it all started. But like, as a nine-year-old, if you're being like abused, you know that there's something wrong, right? And you you blame yourself for it. You think maybe I'm the problem. Which, you know, that's not true, but that's how the cards fall. So I don't, I'm, I'm, I don't think it's a kid thing more. It's just like I'm actually abused. There's nothing for him to like 
emotionally be pained by. Yeah. No major like, trauma beyond uh-huh. shooting himself in the face. <laughs> Which even that's not a lot of trauma. That's just more something to laugh about when you're like slightly older. Like, oh man, what a what a dumb kid I was. Oh my god, mom's gonna take it away from me. She was right. <laughs> Shoot your eye out. It's funny. Sort of on that note, one of the biggest takeaways I had when I was watching this with Shy is like the way that everything feels so big when you're a kid, and the way that the movie captures this like really, really well. Like we're supposed to sympathize with Ralphie. So it feels like every single one of his misfortunes is like, the world is against you, you know? It's big, it's tough, and you're just kind of a little dude. But as you grow up, it's just kind of like, nah, man, it's like, I mean, yeah, that sucks, but like, his parents obviously care about him. And even though they punish him when he does stuff that they are like, very much against, it's like, it's from a place of like, we just want you to grow up to be like a good kid, you know, a good, you know, not like too ridiculous, but just like a good person who like helps, you know, just, you know, contribute to society or at least like not cause excessive harm to the world as is. I don't know. There's just something really sweet about that. It's very insular. It's a kind of film that like, it doesn't really, I don't, I don't want to say it doesn't have a point, because it does have a point, but it doesn't, like, it's not like Elf, where it's a story about something, it's just more so a story yeah. where stuff happens. It's just a story. What happens kind of forges this, like, background to how kids view the world. This is what we've been discussing, basically, all night, which is kind of something, but, yeah, it's fun, yeah, it's no. fun, it's funny ha-ha moments. You sometimes don't need anything more than that, even though there's a bit more to that, but... That's how I'm summarizing it. It's, it literally just feels like your uncle is telling you a story about his childhood. And grandma and grandpa are sitting on the armchair being sweet to each other. And he looks over at them and he thinks about how nutty they were when he was growing up. And he's like, all right, kids. You'll never believe it. (laughs) Good to talk. never believe that one Christmas... Where I mm-hmm. shot myself in the face. Shot myself well, in the face. It, it being a Beat the hell out of my, like, it, it childhood being, It being a narration from his adult self also brings a level of metatextualism to it. Because it isn't just, like, nostalgia. It's nostalgia as being analyzed by somebody who very much recognizes. And I'm sure y'all mentioned this. This is, like, the nature of that narration gives it this, like tongue-in-cheek element like oh yeah like when i was a kid rather than like a present sense of it being mm-hmm. his actual sense how the world operates my friend is slowly dying no 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 this is all making sense you're doing fine i think honestly that's why people like this movie so much is it's like it's not like it's good it's background not... movie yeah it's a good movie to watch I think that's why I couldn't quite finish it because I started watching it with my roommates. They went to bed and went to do stuff. And then I was like, fuck, now I'm bored. And then I stopped watching the movie. I feel like it's a movie that you, it's a movie that you watch, at least for me, that we watch with other people. It's a good movie for like decorating a tree with because it's like, oh, they said the funny ha-ha line, but otherwise you don't have to focus on it 100% because 
focusing on the film doesn't really rely like you don't need to focus too much on the film to get the humor out of Ralph Evans open his mouth or getting scammed by some blind piece of shit like it, you just know it's, it's just uh, the like vaguely nostalgic stuff that makes a funny haha moments go funny haha it's also like this is definitely the kind of movie that like we all saw at some point right like I remember if it wasn't at home it was definitely at like school before you know before we went on like winter break it was like all right over the next couple of days of class since you've basically done with everything we're watching a christmas story and it was like oh sweet <laughs> i don't i don't know if time I've to do nothing seen the whole movie i there's no I, way you haven't no i agree i agree i maybe not all in one sitting but like definitely yeah. the movies that mostly were around me were like shitty comedy movies like elf we watched a lot we watched the grinch a lot does jingle all the way count like the the animated grinch or the animated grinch is i think both the animated grinch and the jim carrey grinch i all right this is an unpopular opinion but i really do like the jim carrey grinch I thought you were going to say you don't like it. I was like, I thought that one was fun. I I think it is an unpopular... It's just not like... Because the Grinch is more of a story that fits in a book or as a cartoon than it does live action. Right? Yeah, the, the problem is it's an SNL skit. Like, let's oh, yeah. let's oh, not, like, beat around yeah. the bush here. It, really is, huh? it It is literally... I think right after Jim Carrey walked away from SNL... Um, don't quote me on that. I think it is, though, if I were in. Good thing we're on computers. Um, no, that's true. I don't think like that. Are you crazy? Me thinking? Um, anyway. The guy could never. I, I, I like The Grinch. It's not a good movie, but I think it's a good joke. It just, it's not a joke worth going 90 minutes <laughs> not that kind of joke i don't think but eh, eh. um anyways uh, the point i was making is like i don't know i i never actively liked as a kid at least i didn't actively like sitting down and watching a christmas story and i think it's because it's not a movie made for kids it's for adults you know reminiscing about their past and their families and how goofy everything was and i think that's what makes it uh, good yeah um, like personally i've found a new love for this movie that i did not have before watching it this time there's something about i don't think i've ever wanted children while watching this movie and i found myself kind of like cooing at how, how the children and like their ideas and stuff and i thought this is very funny this is very sweet these kids are so dumb and i love it and i i found myself being super excited at you know buying my kids presents that they want that uh, they didn't think that they were gonna get yeah that little that moment of surprise that's like you know just when you thought you definitely weren't going to get, I don't know, 
I don't know what kind of toys our kids might like, but like, you know, just when you thought you wouldn't get that little, you know, Hot Wheels or Lego set, surprise, one less present under the tree. Well, uh, well so, uh, fun, fun anecdote. I, I wanted two things as a kid. One was a bike and one, which I couldn't ride, by the way. We didn't know because... I did. The, none of the doctors knew, but I have like <laughs> no balance because I have club feet, and uh, oh, I never learned I how to that. balance. Yeah, yeah. I've got you know I've gotten real good at it as the years have gone by, but starting out and uh, uh, anyways. New edition of fun shy facts. Um. Viewers, if you get enough questions right by the end of the podcast, you will get a fun lollipop sort of treat. Yeah. Every time I have a question, you'll get canned air. Yeah, I I feel like after, you know, a good 20, 25 episodes of this, you guys could uh, probably run a fucking... uh, a like a raffle of some sort of just fun shy effects. Weird things happen in my life. Weird thing happened I, in all of our lives. Uh, yeah. <laughs> As someone who is part of your life, I can attest. It's, it's weird things do happen. I got a lot of weird things. Anyway, anyway, back to the bike. So I really wanted a bike, and <laughs> my parents told me to go tell Santa, and they were like, "Well, the North Star." can hear you and we'll talk to Santa because I had already written the letter and stuff um but I was no I need more (laughs) (laughs) so it's good to tell the North Star and as a dumb kid I told them right before bed and then I woke up thinking it was going to be on my my balcony because like I grew up in a condo so in a balcony and it wasn't there the next day and I was really upset right and then Christmas was like only a couple days later and my parents were like just wait just wait I'm sure he heard right um I don't know why I couldn't as a kid understand that Santa only came on Christmas <laughs> <laughs> I don't know man you're a kid <laughs> it's harder than you'd think <laughs> I got really cynical for a couple days <laughs> It was like, it's not coming, right? And then Christmas Day, it was there. And I was just, I was, it was just magical. I I just, I don't know. It it feels like something this movie's trying to say. Just like that. I just. (laughs) And the other one is one I I wanted a DS. God, I love that. Yo, me too. My parents, like, what what they did, they, like, said, oh, uh, get enough money for it. I had it in my... For some reason, I didn't look at the price tag or look it up because we had a computer. So I didn't I didn't look it up. That it, it, I thought it was like... I was convinced it was 100 bucks. I spent the entire year trying to get 100 bucks. And then I got it for Christmas. And I was honestly like disappointed, but also very excited. Because also, <laughs> I got... I could have used that money for something else. I don't know what happened to it. I think it went to the bank or something. But yeah. Yeah. That's probably the parent thing to do. Yeah, that DS. It was a. Save the money. It was a DS Lite that could play GameCube. Ga- uh, not GameCube games. That would be cool. Uh, Game Boy games on. Game Boy games. 
Yeah, yeah like I the early iteration DLC. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Or sell it, because, like, I have, I have cartridges that I can't play. <laughs> Wait, I have adult money. I can buy a Game Boy. <laughs> Tony, Tony realizing that money and services <laughs> can be... Can be used. Money can be used to, in exchange for goods and services. He's learning, he's learning. <laughs> what, Manny? Is that your anime character arc, Tony? No, that's not my character arc. My character arc is something that I can't say on this show. What? Oh, I, oh, I know what this show. is. What? It's something I would say if I didn't have respect for Tony. Tony's character arc is being able to finally get Mountain Redacted. View Voltage. It's blue, it's new. Fine. This is canonical information. What the fuck? It's not metaphorical. <laughs> what the fuck are we talking about? This is no longer a bit. <laughs> this is staying in, by the way. Little, little orphan Annie looks like a demon. Oh god, we didn't even touch on this. This is an earlier revelation. Which is exactly why that Ralphie doesn't trust her. Okay, so one, my grandmother loved Little Orphan Annie. <laughs> of course she would. <laughs> There's a lot of Little Orphan Annie stuff in my life growing up. That's not relevant, but like, okay. I had no idea. I am so sorry. All of the interactions I've had with Little Orphan Annie is like fever dream stuff. Like that, the, uh, you know that commercial for the Little Orphan Annie collection? I thought that was the Shirley Temple. Oh, is it Shirley Temple? I swear <laughs> Same person. Was there a Little Orphan Annie collection? No, it's the Shirley Temple one. Okay, cool. I was going to have an existential crisis. Uh, because I think Shirley Temple played Little Orphan Annie. I think there's a video or a movie in that one that, uh, of Little Orphan Annie. I had no idea. I think so. Cool. Yeah, they get their arts back. Uh, yeah, uh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, I'm going off on a tangent. Um, the Little Orphan Annie comic stuff. No, no, I said get the, I was, oh, no, sorry, huh? I mean to be passive aggressive. I thought you like no, read that no, as no. far as like passive aggressively shutting you down talking about no, Little no, Orphan no, no, Annie. No, 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 no. This is a uh, are we a pro or anti Little Orphan Annie channel? We should decide. That uh, right. I mean, I don't think it's like bad, but it's like the 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 art for it. They have oval eyes that stand end to end, um, like up and down, and they don't have pupils. They're just Their blank. Eyes are just white. Blank, uncaring void. I still have that image, so if you're looking at the vi video. On you happen to be looking at the VOD. The last strip of Little Orphan yeah, it looks Annie like this. was the culmination of a story arc where Annie was kidnapped from her hotel by a wanted war criminal from Eastern Europe. This, what? This is, are you, actually, is this a bit? Is this a bit or are you actually serious? This is not a bit. I'm reading off Wikipedia. Are you serious? This is. Unless Wikipedia is lying to me. Uh, and he's a war criminal from Eastern Europe who checked in under a phony name with a false passport. Although War, war Bucks enlists the help of the Federal Bureau of Investigation and Interpol to help her, by the end of the final ship, he's begun, begun to resign himself with the very strong possibility that Annie will most likely not be found alive. Okay, this is either. Oh my god! No! Unfortunately, War Bucks is unaware that Annie is still alive and has made her way to Guatemala. What the hell? What? <laughs> no, what wait, this, this has this, to be a joke. This wait, has no, to be this, a joke, I, right? I'm, ch I'm checking Wikipedia. This has to be vandalism. This can't be real. What the fuck? Wait, what? what? This, this is a fucking trip. trip of little... This is unplanned. 
There's yeah, no yeah. way this is a thing. No way. God, this is a crisis. Wikipedia never no, lies. No, 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 no. That Wink. is true. Okay, hold on. On Comics Alliance, it says, after 86 years of daily publication, the little orphan Annie comic strip came to an end, and the ending is completely insane. God. So, so the problem is with, with it, this is popular perception of the strip may be rooted into the rags to riches musical version that hit movie theaters in 1982. Wait, that's the same Annie? Yeah, One yeah. second, Shirley Temple did play. I told you. I told yeah. you because I remember that she does the Annie. So there's a famous dancing clip where Annie and Danny Warbucks dances on the steps. Everybody knows this scene, and it's also in the like the newer uh, movies too. It's the only thing anybody remembers from the Annie movies is them dancing on the the steps of the mansion. Anyways, but as late, early as the late 20s, Annie had shifted to focus on almost Dick Tracy and levels of brutality and crime. By tradition, the last team, Jay Mader and Ted Flampiak, were keeping alive and well in the current stories. Did you know, for instance, that the last Annie storyline involved Annie getting embroiled in a plot to distribute fake passports to Mexican drug dealers from whom she is rescued by an aging war criminal? Oof, 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 oof. This is... Of course you didn't. You weren't reading it. This is why it got cancelled. For some background, here's what happened up till the end. After tumbling to the passport plot, Annie gets kidnapped by gangsters because getting kidnapped by gangsters is pretty much what she does. That gangsters are murderous enough to bludgeon a man to death right there underneath the jumble. My God. There's like a dead body in this strip too. So. <laughs> That's hardcore. So this detective says to Mr. Warbucks, "Dead, Mr. Warbucks, head bashed in." And Warbucks goes, "What? Another one?" <laughs> What? what the fuck which all of this doesn't give any hope for annie's chances of survival things seem ho so hopeless in fact the police bend a sunday strip informing daddy warbucks that his adopted daughter has mostly likely been shot in the head execution style and oh. fed to the sharks oh my Let god you. all right here's the police and warbucks talking to each other this is the policeman the man is a brute sir utterly merciless if he has indeed abducted your girl, Annie, I am terribly sorry. Send me this link so I can... No, I die. Mm, should I put it on on screen? <laughs> it's It was ran in syndication. All right. Warbucks goes, God, not much reason to hope for the best, you're saying. My condolences. He has almost certainly disposed of her by now. And then in one of the, like, exposition boxes, it's not said by anybody, as somewhere at sea, the Yucatan sharks lazily pick off the remains of an excellent meal. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. If the, if the cancellation order had come down a week sooner, a gang of frenzied sharks circling Annie's waterlogged remains would have been the very last image of her. Oh my god! But the story does go on for another week where we learn that Annie wasn't killed. She was re rescued from the gangsters by a renegade war criminal named the Butcher of the Balkan. <laughs> Thus, in the final strip, Annie has been kidnapped by a literal genocidal maniac while Daddy Warbucks zones out, convinced that she has been murdered, but unaware that she is still alive and in need of rescue. Um, Absolute insanity. On the plus side, Annie has a pretty nice design, like, in the late stages of this comic strip, but what the fuck yeah. is this? And that's where it ends. This so is where we leave our Annie for now. I'm reading the Go Comics archive of this. What the fuck? Right? 
Surely Which are I am. I have slaughtered so many without warning. hesitation. God, this 86 is... years of stories end with Annie in South America being essentially press-ganged into service to war criminal while Daddy Warpuck does his best impression of Kirk at the end of Wrath of Khan. The Just to put the icing this? on the depression what a cake, reference. the very last panel is a vague promise of a resolution that is most likely never going to come. Okay, I found our second project. It's reviving Annie. <laughs> Annie saving... Whatever. We can rebuild her. Making her like yeah, some sort of uh, like she's okay. Here, here it is. She's like trained by this guy to become like a super assassin. Like an assassin. Uh-huh. And like her final, <laughs> her final like um, graduation, quote unquote, like her graduating class is to go kill a billionaire influencer, and she's like, "That'll be fine. I can do that." I lived in that area or in that world. I know exactly how they live and how they think. And it ends up being Mr. Warbucks. <laughs> so and so she she has to um she has to like figure out how she's going to 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 get back to her adopted dad and make sure that the the Balkan the the guy and his cronies don't come after her and her father. <laughs> she like fakes her death or something. This is insane. Huh? No, this, this is like great. Great. I was to this, 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 sound, this, this sounds like a Maddie shit host. This sounds, sounds like a Maddie shit host. This does, and honestly, I can't be mad. I cannot be mad. I'm not mad. Oh my god. Anyway, nostalgia. We need to revolve. <laughs> or revolve. Or revolve. revolve. It's our job. It's our mission. Nobody else knew about Annie. We this know. It's all in, by the way. <laughs> we have a moral obligation. We have a moral obligation. I'm not. I'm like not kidding, y'all. We have a moral obligation to uh, revive the Annie series. Absolutely. <laughs> Listen oh to our podcast and read our Annie revival. I'm going feral. This is He's going feral, folks. He's losing it. What is okay, it, Tony? What is uh, it, play? Throw into the sh- thought to be thrown to the sharks is saved by a fucking war criminal. Not a war criminal. A uh, normal criminal. War criminal. No, a war criminal. Uh, he commits okay. war crimes. Okay. TLDR. The context is really fucked up crimes that I was unaware of. Holy fucking shit, that is yeah. insane. The Balkan um, complex is kind of wild, and that's why all um, uh, Slavs are actually very, um, they're very, I mean, a couple different reasons, but like, it's one of the big reasons why they're all very, uh, they're not white, they are X, Y, Z. Because right. the genocide literally nearly wiped out every single one of them in their culture. Wow. So. Man, uh, let's get back on topic. <laughs> well, then, nearly. Like, there's still a lot of Bosnians and whatnot. Just let's get came back on topic. Anyway, yeah. This is a wild <laughs> tangent. We <laughs> entered a liminal space Annie. together. <laughs> little orphan Annie. Good God. No, a Christmas story. Oh, my God. I Don't like... forget to drink your Ovaltine. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the biggest takeaway from this is that, like, there's not a lot to really talk about. Now, this is the second episode, obviously. We're still trying to figure things out. But it's interesting that, like... I mean, granted, I didn't... I watched maybe a half of it the other day. 
But, like, what I gathered was relatable parenting tactics, if a bit strange in some cases. <laughs> the, so, the, you mean the piggy scene? <laughs> that. Oh, God, that the piggy scene. That specifically want to throw up. made me unbelievably uncomfortable. Not because I was I had to do such a thing, but because if I if I saw someone make their kid do that, I would judge them harshly. I would scream. I would cry. All right. So so for reference, Ralphie's little brother Randy is like a super picky eater that never eats, and they're like frustrated with it. And the only thing that apparently works is. Him acting like a pig eating from his trough from his plate. And it's not just, like, him eating, like, smashing the plate in his face. He's having fun with it. Oh, my God. He's having so much fun. fun. And he's, like, making the worst noises you've ever heard in your life. It's, like, kind of good pig noises, not gonna lie. God. And his mom's, like, laughing, finding it sweet and stuff. And it's, like, oh, my God. Only a mother could love it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> only a mother. Truly, only another kid. Good lord. Is only that dead. kid's mother. <laughs> only that kid's mother, because I couldn't imagine needing to get my kid to, to eat. Oh, doing that. I mean, I, I would. I would because it's my kid, but like... I mean, like, I don't get it because I was never a picky eater. My sister was, though, like, hardcore. I can Um, believe that. (laughs) Yeah. My sister would only eat, like, tomatoes and ham, like, deli ham and, um, like, mashed potatoes (laughs) for such a long time. I think I wasn't the most picky. I wasn't the pickiest of eaters. But I would refuse to eat spinach, even like oh, I soup spinach with now. spinach in it. I hate like spinach. little bits of spinach. I would like pick it out, or <laughs> like I was super picky about spinach. Like now, I would probably eat anything. Like, fuck, me and Shai had a conversation earlier today about eating bugs. Oh I'll, yeah, I'll eat. A, I'll eat a few fucking bugs. Give me like a. Deep fried tarantula. I'll fucking eat that shit. Uh, yeah. So apparently, it like tastes it. like crab. It tastes um, like crab. crab. That makes sense because they're both oh. arth- they're all yeah, yeah, yeah. Arth- arthropodae. They're the same class. Oh, I just think it's phylum. Um. Yeah. So, actually, this is not <laughs> about Christmas, but I watched a video by a man who's like super. You know, he, he cooks bugs for a living, and he's trying to get people to eat more bugs because not only are they apparently ten times better for the environment, they're really easy to farm without exploiting because of how they reproduce. There's because a bugs, ton. <laughs> yeah. They reproduce um, like, like how people like the idea of rabbits, but like times ten. <laughs> yeah, like rabbits, but so much more than that. And I was not. This was my bias and assumption showing, but I always assume that eating bugs, you just like aped them as is, even fried. And that like freaked me out. 
But this guy was showing like how to cook bugs. Cuisine. Yeah, cuisine. Like he um he made what was it? What did he make? It, uh, fried mac and cheese bites with cricket flour. What? So like he he uh. like powdered up a bunch of crickets. Sick. Fascinating. Um, so it was like the flour used in the mac and cheese bites. And apparently they taste like, what did he say? They like, they're not like ooey or gooey. They're like crispy. And they kind of taste like, uh, I, I think it was like some sort of like peanut almost, I think is what he said. So like, like it, it really changed how I looked at it. And um, the, oh, the other thing he did. Which I know this isn't gonna sound like we like duh, but he like mixed them into like sauces and and, and stuff and the soups, and they stopped looking like bugs. They started to look like shrimp and uh, crab and stuff. Shrimp for and, bugs. Yeah, and he was like, you know, if you eat shrimp and lobster, you're eating the bugs of the sea. So what's any different from land bugs? Huh. I really had to think about that. If you get anything out of this podcast, is that try eating a few bugs? <laughs> yeah, it's if you guys are <laughs> a little orphanage and tell me I can eat as many bugs as I want. <laughs> yeah, try bugs, and then like like deep fried tarantulas, and they taste like crab. And I just I don't know I just, I don't know what I don't know what to do with the information that I gained from that that uh from it. And, uh, like some of the bugs, you don't even have to eat like their shells and stuff. You'll just pick out the meat, like crawdads or crayfish. Oh, I've had crawdads. Like, They're oh so good. Oh my god. Yeah, I love. I actually crawdads. hand, I actually hand fished crawdads once. Uh, we went to Boundary Waters for Boy Scouts, and the last second to last day, we just hand just grabbed fucking crayfish yes. out of the water. Yes. I got one. I was so proud of myself. Hey. Those fuckers are slippery. Yeah, they are. I, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I grew up real poor eating, like, some things that a lot of people wouldn't. And I feel not ashamed, but, like, I kind of did judge people who ate bugs. And I, I just had these ideas in my head. And I feel really bad about it. Don't judge people, y'all. Because mm-hmm. they're going to judge you back. Don't judge people because I guarantee you you, you do believe like something that they find just as strange. Yeah. You are not exempt I from judgment. No. None of us are. Like, I play it too, so I can't really talk. You're going to talk about Halo, weren't are you? Are you going to say League of Legends? I was going to say League of Legends. <laughs> League of Legends is trash. It's terrible. The community is terrible. Oh, awful I, people. I still play if, you, it. if you're a League of Legends player and you listen to our podcast, you either you're, you, you, you well, align yourself with us or you are wrong. We, we love you because you're here, but you suck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, fun fact. Ben and I are together. And huh. <laughs> the reason we're together... Is League of Legends. <laughs> League of Legends. It is my deepest shame. It was wearing... A hoodie and it was one of like the i don't even know if they sell it anymore it was a thrush based hoodie that glowed in the dark it was green and black and i wore it 
in class one day and Ben came up to me and said, Hey, is that is that a is that a thrash hoodie? And I was like, Yes, it is. And he was like, Cool. Coming from me, uh, the kid in a John Homestuck shirt. Oh my god. So it couldn't get any worse. And we both had dyed hair and yeah. You wanted to read uh, Twilight fanfiction together and boom. No, we were we were we weren't reading the fanfics, and we were just straight up reading we were Fifty just Shades. Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> I remember distinctly. That's basically what that is, though. It yeah yeah actually it is. Can't right? run from I your past. Forgot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, don't judge people because you are weird, just as weird as they are, if not worse in some cases. We say after judging a mother for making. For making her son eat like a pig. I don't think I'm judging her. I, think I am. Okay. Well, you <laughs> I absolutely her. am. I don't know. That woman looked like she was on the brink of having a mental breakdown the whole movie. She had to try something. Depressed Linda from Bob's Burgers. Yeah. I mean, I don't think she was having going to have a mental breakdown because of her family. I think she just like... She has one of those faces. Yeah. She's just... She, she's a very, um, this is gonna sound bad, but just a very submissive woman. She's not like, <laughs> wait, <laughs> please. <laughs> Someone clipped that. But she just like found herself really, you know. <laughs> she just, look. And her kids are the weirdos. Like, come on now. <laughs> don't, but don't, but don't do this to me. Fuck. Don't ostracize me like this. <clears throat> <laughs> Fuck. Please. Oh, I want to make it. I want to make it. I want to make the joke. But. I'll cut it out. God, that's a podcast, all right, baby. Oh, God. Should I want to do the outro? Uh, yeah. Um, I can't remember our outro. This has been the What in the Script podcast. We've said nothing of value. That's okay. And that's Happy holidays, okay. everybody. And I hope that your family is just as dysfunctional as ours and little Ralphie, and that you maybe get a BB gun <laughs> for Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you, <laughs> you follow. Or just Yule. a BB gun. Just a for BB no reason. Gun. Huh. Nah. Whenever it happens, hopefully you don't get kidnapped by a Bosnian war criminal and get sent to Guatemala like little orphan Annie.